And welcome to Two Steps Ahead podcast, where we like to highlight the shit we've stepped in so you don't have to. My name is Son Edom, alongside my guest, Tara Shiro. How are you? And we'd like to welcome you to the show. Now, one of the things that uh, I like about the fall time of the year is the holidays. It goes by really quick, the fall does. It does. And we just finished the Halloween season, and I've noticed a couple things about Halloween. Okay. One, the costumes get scarier and more gruesome, Mm -hmm. maybe graphic, or they're getting more sexy, more racy, which I like even better. (laughs) I'll take the sexy racy over the scary gruesome stuff. I like the sexy racy. Yeah, so I'm just curious, as a woman, from a woman's point of view- what is your thoughts on these racy, or just just dress in general? I guess. But let's start with the with the Halloween costumes. The the sexy nurse, you know, the French maid. Let me tell you a story real quick as we get started, if if I if I may. Yes, you may. Okay. This and this is and this was, I think, the standard, not the standard, but like the the um, yeah maybe the standard for this conversation. Seventh grade. Okay. I was in junior high. Mm-hmm. I was invited to a Halloween party. I kind of like this girl. I guess she liked me because I got invited to the party. Okay. Well, it turned out that I show up, I knock on the door, and I remember this vividly. I mean, like vividly. I could like close my eyes and relive this moment. And I knock on the door, and she opens the door. Now, keep in mind, she's in seventh grade, mm-hmm. so perverts get your minds out of the gutter. <laughs> she opens the door, and she's in a French maid costume. Mm. My jaw hit the floor. Mm-hmm. I mean, she looked really good, okay? And I liked her, too, on top of it. But it was seventh grade. It was tasteful. It was nothing sleazy. You know, there was, you know, everything was covered up. Okay. So it was just a French-made outfit. I remember at that moment the impact of that Halloween costume, the way she looked. Now, it turned out that night it was kind of a setup because she did like me back, mm-hmm. seventh grade. And her friend was there, and she liked my other friend. So it became a night, basically a, a double date at her parents' house. Okay. And it was the night where we're sitting there and, you know, we're just realizing that we kind of all like each other, you know, the four of us. Mm-hmm. And so we watched the movie Creep Show and we pretend to get scared. So we have to hold hands and, you know, do that type of puppy love stuff, you <laughs> were know. Were the parents and home, by the way? I, I never saw them. I have no idea. At that point, didn't care. <laughs> I trusted myself more than I trusted anybody else. So, you know, seventh grade, okay. you know. Okay. And so, um, but I remember it was just, it was a fun night, but all I can remember is her in her French maid outfit. So what did that do to you? What was the impression that it made on you? Oh, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I liked her even more because mm-hmm. it was, you know, she looked good. Mm-hmm. She was a beautiful girl at seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and seventh grade. Seventh grade. I'm sorry. Yeah. Not seven years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, seventh grade. And, um, and I, I don't know, it was a fun night and I just remember the impact that that costume had and it was, it was a lot of fun. We high school or middle school dated for like six weeks mm-hmm. or whatever it was and that was it and then it ended but uh but i remember that impact and so now fast forward to you know more recent times and you take a look at the halloween costumes that are out there and you go through the stores and you see the the sexy nurses and the or the the naughty nurses and the sexy maids outfits and you know the the animal prints and things like that that become even more sexier and to a certain extent, I like it. I, I think it's okay. I think that women, if you want to kind of explore or maybe, I'm kind of one that if you've got it, flaunt it. If it's true, it ain't bragging to a certain degree. Okay. <laughs> so if it's something that fits and you want to, and you have the, um, the persona and the confidence to wear it to a certain degree, 
You know, obviously there's appropriate places for mm-hmm. wearing it. If you're with mm-hmm. a kid's party, maybe not. But if you're at an adult party, okay, maybe. Um, so I'm all for it. So I was just wondering from your perspective as a woman, is it exploitation? Is it okay? Do you have a problem with it? What do you think of the next generation of girls coming up? Should they dress that way? Mm. Is your blood boiling yet? Yes. <laughs> yes. Where do I start? So, okay. So Halloween are costumes, first of all. So it, it's a it's a hair different than normal everyday clothes. But I think for for women, it is so, so hard. Whether we're talking about Halloween costumes or regular clothes, because on one hand, we want to be respected for our personality, for our brains, for our um, skills and our knowledges at work and our professional life and, and the things. But then there's also nature that created us to um, have these curves and to be, you know, and we're all visual creatures. We're all very highly visual. Um, and so there's a part of us as women that want to attract the opposite sex. And then, so we dress a certain way, but then there's another part of us that we don't want to, um, have that as our sole way of acceptance and validation. And so we we kind of walk this fine line of, um, this outfit is really great. I'm rocking it. I look really hot. I can tell people are looking at me. Um, I killed it. But then is that really what we're after at the end of the day? Sometimes, unfortunately, yes. But so there's, it's like this back, like it's hard to answer because ask me another question. So it comes down to, do you want to be respect, uh, respected for your brains or your boobies? Well, or is it a combination of both? <laughs> Since my boobies are two different sizes, um, I would say I would have to <laughs> be respected for my brains. <laughs> well, no, because that's and the, and I'm old; they're hanging down to my hips. So, so that, but that's the thing. It's like you think about it. Okay, is there a place then in society, in the business world, where you can be respected for your brain plus your looks? Um, or is it one or the other? Because you talk about people, you know, sleeping their way to the top. Mm-hmm. Okay. You talk about the, um, okay, in the radio business, salespeople mm-hmm. go out and they sell. Uh, they, they, they sell advertising. <laughs> okay. And you've seen women that are really good looking sales ladies mm-hmm. and they dress professionally yet a little bit showy mm-hmm. and they're always coming back with a signed deal. Now, if a guy had that same account and he pulls up in his suit and tie would he get the same, you know, that, that's kind of the thing. And so there is a bad rap with women sales, uh, sales women and the way they look, getting, a, getting an account versus a guy. Because there could be that extra like, oh, she's like, you know, showing a little goods to get the deal or whatever. Mm-hmm. So is, mm-hmm. there a, is there a line between being respected for your looks or for your brains, your business prowess, whatever the case may be, your abilities in the working world over how you look? I think there is a, I, I personally don't think that they should be mixed. Honestly, I don't think that they should be mixed when you're in the workplace, because to your own admission, when women look nice and they look hot, that's what you're thinking about. And they're not thinking about necessarily the business deal or necessarily what is going on. What is the best 
solution for the problem or the best solution for the workplace. And so I think at work, um, in order for us all to maintain a level of composure and dignity and integrity, I personally would not choose to do that. Now, was there a time in my younger days um, that I, um, I've never been one to really um, let stuff hang out. So I'm not that way anyway, but I don't, um, I'm much more conservative now than what I used to be. Um, the place that I work with now has a bunch of men out in the, in the back. And so I'm very aware of what I wear because I don't want people to be off track. Not that I'm all that, but, um, guys are easy and, (laughs) So you're not going to come into work rocking the little black dress? No. The high well, heel pumps? Actually, actually, I do have a little black dress that I wear when it's 110 degrees outside, but not the pumps. But um, So in 110 degree weather, we know where to show up <laughs> it's a for very, the day. It's a very conservative, up to the neck, sleeveless, um, above the knee, but it's very conservative. But I, I okay, I look cute. But... Own it if you do. I, not at work. I don't want to own it. Right. Okay. Like not in the professional. I don't want to own it. Like because it gets convoluted. Because that's where I think we invite things when we when we are showing things at work and we are showing our sexy side at work. We are inviting an affair. We are inviting comments. We are inviting people to look at us. And that's where that's where we were talking about in the last um, show, you know, these little decisions that we make that when we agree to wear certain clothes around certain people, um, we are inviting comments or inviting things that that will take it that could take us off the wrong track. Now, I have now I'm also very aware um, when I'm around couples and I have had several many occasions where I've been around people and the man will look me up and down and then the wife gets so mad. And so I'm really aware of what I, I try to be aware of what I wear around other people um, in those situations because I, I don't want that, you know, kind of attention, but you know, sometimes guys just even at church, I've had people say things to me at church. I've had things, you know, it's crazy. The places where men have, um, made comments to me or approached me or propositioned me or, you know, just stared at me. My son was telling me we went to, he and I were flying somewhere um, a few months ago and I didn't notice it because I kind of, I just tuned things out, but he was behind me in the ticket line. And I guess there was this guy that was um, looking at me and <laughs> my, son, my son did his all like, mm. You know, and and he kind of like got in front of me and he's just staring the guy down like, you know, what do you (laughs) and I'm like, dude, like it's I that's just. But doesn't it make you feel good? Well, to to be noticed by somebody else, even though (sighs) even though that may be creepy that some stranger in the airport is checking you out. But doesn't it make you feel good, too, that you look good enough to attract at least the attention of somebody based on your looks? Okay, so we are getting into an area that I really did not want to talk about, but we're going to have to. So this is the shit we've stepped in. Uh, we're trying to avoid others from doing the same yes, thing. So yeah, so we are about to shit. we are about to step in some shit. Okay, um, okay, so it's it's it. I ugh, see. I can't even talk. Well, let me put it this way. Okay, why <laughs> no, you why you collect your why you collect your thoughts? Okay, go okay, ahead. Go okay, ahead. Okay, okay. 
So why? So I have um, had people notice me ever since I was about thirteen. So I tr- I tune it out. I, I seriously don't think that I'm all that, but I've had my fair share of um, looks in my direction, right? So it's kind of the way. And now, now also keep in mind that around thirteen ish was also the time that my there was um, affairs going on in my parents' marriage. There were control issues going on. There was a lot of pretense. And so my emotional development at that time was that I did not feel, now I know my parents loved me. They took great care of us. It's this, um, but, but I, because of the affairs, I felt like, okay, somebody out there is better than me and someone out there is better than us. So um, I'm not good enough and I'm not worthy enough to be loved. That's kind of like the mixed message that I developed at a young age. So couple that with the fact that I'm starting to be noticed and I'm starting to get paid attention to, that was like a magnet for me to get my validation and to get my self-esteem. So much so, and yes, it did feel really good and it, it does feel really good to be noticed, but I took it to a level that when I walked out of the house, I always, and I would not even go to the mailbox without makeup on and without my lipstick on. Um, my kids were born, um, my mom was putting lipstick, you know, on me when I'm having contractions and, and my daughter's literally coming out and I took it to a level that that was my facade and that was my protection. And so I would, uh, purposely go out of my way to look good. And then when people noticed me and then men would look at me or whatever, I would say, oh, okay, I hit the mark and I got the validation. And, and if I didn't, if someone didn't notice me, then I would be, oh, I must not have done something right. I must not be wearing the right outfit. This must not be my color. This Because I was so insecure. That's the point I want to make. I was so deeply insecure and so concerned about what everybody thought of me. I had n- very little going on on the inside. So it was the outside that I had to dress up and and I would purposely especially if I was going to be around a group of women and I didn't feel like I was going to be accepted by those women and it wasn't them it was me because I was insecure I would purposely dress up and wear clothes that would make them go "Ooh, she's got it all together I have nothing in common with her I'm going to walk the other way it was a great defense mechanism because then I didn't have to talk to anybody people had this false impression that I had it all together which I didn't and they would leave me alone and I could sit there and by myself and and you know and then leave and not really have to interact with people and expose the fact that I was so broken inside and so lonely and so desperate for love and um so we so yeah so when you talk about the way that women dress there's this weird sometimes people women are confident and they wear outfits and they rock it and they look great other times women do that specifically because they're so empty and we need the attention and that's a way to get immediate attention and immediate gratification, you know. And so it's like that immediate, yep, I'm okay, I'm in there. And it, which is so wrong, but that's sometimes way, the way that it is. Because sometimes you'll go out, like I'll go out and uh, hit the town because I'm hip and cool that way. <laughs> and there'll be um, women dressed to impress. Mm-hmm. But the but is, if it's not hanging out of her skirt, is that... Um, if they get the attention from the right person, mm-hmm. then it's okay. But if they get the attention from the wrong guy, mm-hmm. then that guy's like a creep, a perv, whatever. But she's getting the attention that she was seeking just from not the right guy. Does that make sense? Is that something that would be for like a guy? Okay, I'm out. I see a gal. I might want to go talk to her. 
and maybe she's not attracted to me. That's fine. And so then she like rebuffs my approach or whatever. Um, but then some other guy comes up and she's like, yeah, okay. So the guy that let's say me, if they, if I get rejected, I walk away. I don't care. Not with my time. But others might get like hurt or whatever, and then they they cause a scene type of thing, you know, and become problematic for the gal that night. Okay, for example, I was out during Halloween, and um, I was at a place, and they, of course, all the women were dressed very sexy and very revealing, and one gal showed up literally as a Victoria's Secret angel mm-hmm. in her underwear, lingerie, oh, gosh. and she was getting a lot of attention, <laughs> and unwanted attention. So her friends had to step in and kind of, you know, have a barrier between her on the dance floor and these guys that were approaching, Mm -hmm. especially as the alcohol flowed, Mm -hmm. the more attention she would get. Mm -hmm. And so two thoughts came to mind. One, what the hell are you thinking? Mm -hmm. Because that's what you're going to get from a guy's perspective. If you show up in lingerie from Victoria's Secret or any lingerie for that Mm -hmm. matter, it could be Target for all I care, um, you're going to get the attention from every guy in the room. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have to be ready for that unwanted guy attention. Mm -hmm. Two, um, guys are very visual. So if they see something like that, you're going to you're going to be the queen bee, and everyone's right. going to pay attention to you. Right. So it's like my question then to you is, what is that purpose, or do you even know from your perspective as a woman, of someone dressing like a Victoria's Secret angel, going to a party, and then having alcohol involved in that party, which heightens everybody's senses and makes everybody irrational, anyways, and then try to rebuff and get mad and pissed off at guys that are approaching her because they're not the right guy. Mm-hmm. See, and and mm-hmm. that's what I don't understand. It's like you want the attention. Great, you'll get the attention, but why is it if you get the ba- the attention from the wrong guy? Why is that a bad thing? And the guy's a dick versus oh, this is some hunky dude that's hitting on me. Then I'm going to go home with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the behavior that you're describing is very passive aggressive, and I would say that that person is passive aggressive in life in general. And it's it's um, it showed up at the Halloween you know party. You can't show up in in lingerie and then complain that you're getting attention that you don't want. It just doesn't work that way. That's very, so she probably is very passive aggressive in regular life. Um, a lot of times, was this a younger, like? Yeah, I would imagine she was probably, probably definitely, definitely a millennial, but in her 20s. Yeah. In her 20s. Yeah. Because what I've noticed is that, and I think I was this way too. I'm trying to, it was a long time ago since I was in my 20s. But um, what I've noticed is that a lot of girls in their 20s, uh, what people don't realize is that females dress up for other females. We have this culture that in in the female side of life, and it's awful, but it's just the way that it works, that um, if we are in a room with female, all the females are going to check each other out and we're going we're going to like just, you know, examine everything that we're wearing and we're going to decide whether or not that person is in or out based on what they're wearing. It's awful that we do that. Um, but we do. And so that's why there's, you know, it's a lot of this insecurity. Like you come into a room, it's like, oh my gosh, everyone's looking at me. Sometimes, no, no one's looking at you. You're too self-absorbed. But in, the reality is, is that if, if, if a woman walks into a room and there's other women in there, we are all going to look at her outfit and see what she's wearing and decide whether or not she's in or out with the outfit. So women and girls, especially, we we dress up for each other. And a lot of times the younger girls don't understand um, what it does to guys when they see them. They're dressing up for each other and they're like, oh, you're so cute and you look really cute. But then they don't understand that there's older guys, even guys their age, they don't understand necessarily what it's doing to them. And the gymnastics sometimes that guys have to go through to control themselves, to not approach, to not be rude, to not have a comment, to not 
um, say, you know, because sometimes even in this day and age, it's like, you know, you look really hot and the girl's just like gets offended and she wants to, you know, bring you up on, on sexual harassment. So um, it's very confusing to guys and girls don't get that. The younger girls and I have said repeatedly to some of the younger girls because there's the the shorts that girls wear right now where the their bottom of their cheek is hanging out and they think that that's okay. They don't understand that or when they're at a pool and they're wearing a thong, they just don't understand what it does to a guy's in a guy's mind. He is already in bed with them. Right. He's already like, ooh, that's a nice. And I and then he's just like going down that road. They don't understand that. They And they're just in this little huddle with themselves and they think they look cute with each other. And they're not understanding the bigger picture and the bigger impact that they're having. And, you know, I've said, you know, gosh, the shorts are too short. And and they just laugh at me or think that I'm, you know, old fashioned or whatever. But the it's that bigger picture of guys I, there was somebody, you know, I've told you I worked on set several times. I was working on a TV show and, and um, one of the stand-in, stand-ins and I were having this conversation and, and he was mad. He's like, I don't understand. He's like, women get dressed up and then you tell them that they look nice and then there's, a, oh, I'm going to, you know, sue you for sexual harassment. So, I mean, as a guy, is it confusing to you? Is it like, how do you? Yeah, it can be. I just, I have the rule that um, I'll say nothing to nobody. <laughs> I don't. I mean, because it's you can't in this day and age. Right. The Me Too movement. Now, first off, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole because it's a completely different conversation. But sexual harassment should never take place to begin with. And to have a Me Too movement and, and to take a Me Too movement for it to come out should have never been. It should have been able to have been come out way back when. Mm-hmm. But the Me Too movement has also made everybody hypersensitive and hyper nuts about it. So you walk in the room and I say, oh, I like the way you cut your hair today. Or, hey, that's a nice dress. And I'm just being complimentary. Or, hey, I like your shoes because I know women are all into shoes. Um, <laughs> that's very complimentary. But they can take it as like, oh, he's harassing me. Mm-hmm. So now I don't say nothing. Mm-hmm. They walk in the room. I'm like, sit down, shut the hell up, and we're going to learn today. Because uh, I teach at Pasadena City College. No, but um, but it's hard to say something to anybody, whether it be a student, a coworker, uh, somebody out on the street, whatever. And so sometimes what I'll do is I will literally make a purposeful intention with a stranger to mm. say something. Mm. Because if they get mad at me, well, who cares? Right. And say something, hey, you look nice today. Hey, that's a nice dress. Hey, nice shoes. Or something, just to see what the reaction would be. Mm-hmm. Because I'm curious as to what it is. Because I'm thinking sometimes, okay, Hey, you got a nice smile. Maybe that makes their day because maybe they're having a down day. So a compliment can make the day um, for them. But then on the flip side, maybe, hey, I like those shoes. Well, now they're snarky and they're going to be mad because I'm harassing them. Or maybe Mm -hmm. I say nice hair, nice dress. Here's a story I'll tell you, which Mm -hmm. um, maybe I shouldn't, but I'm going to do it anyways. And I personally, just to, to, um, I personally don't mind it when I don't get all corked up when people say that, and maybe it's because that's just the way that I've grown up and I'm used to it and I don't really pay that much attention to it. But I don't, I'm not one of those women that get all corked up, you know, mm-hmm. because somebody says something. So if I sit here and look you <laughs> up and down, that's creepy or is that okay? That I would have an issue with. Okay. That I would have an issue with. <laughs> well, okay, here's my story. Okay, we're talking about, we're talking about dress and attention. Yes. Okay, so I want to just briefly tell a story. It has to do with cosmetic surgery. Okay. This girl that used to work at a radio station I worked at got uh, her breast, her boobs done, got a boob job. Now I know because a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, his sister got them done and people want that get breast augmentation, get their boobs done. They want people to notice them. Okay. So I was walking with another guy 
who was guest hosting the show. And I knew this girl um, just a little bit because I had a little bit of interaction. And I told the guy, go watch this. So I walk up to the desk and she's sitting there. And I'm like, we're waiting to get some validation, ticket validation for parking. And I said, hey, you got your boobs on. They look great. And the guy was mortified thinking that (laughs) this is going to be the end of this guy's career. And she looks at me and she's like, Oh, do you like them? They're wonderful. And she's going on and on and on and like, you know, was just like bizarre that I like noticed that she got bigger boobs and that I commented on them. And afterwards, you know, and, and that was it. All I said was one thing, you know, hey, you got your boobs done. Look nice. But the point was she wanted the attention because she got them done. And because I said something, whether or not I should have, that's another t- topic of conversation. But because I said something, she was actually felt good because someone noticed that she got this done. So when we're walking away and I was walking the guy to his car, he was like, dude, I cannot believe you said that. Why did you say that? And my thought was, well, I figured she was the type of gal um, that would probably appreciate the comment because she got them done. And she went from like, you know, the turtleneck shirts, whatever, to more of the cleavage looking shirts. So obviously she was flaunting, you know, her, her, her masterpiece. And so, um, but, but that's the type of thing. It's like, there's like you were talking about, there's a purpose why women dress up and do the things they do because they want to look good. They want to feel confident. They want to feel comfortable in their skin. If they don't like something, I'm sure they want to change it, whether it's lose weight, bigger lips, whatever the case may be. But it's also, uh, one of those things where they probably just want to also be attractive to other people. They want to feel good for themselves, but they also want to be able to be attractive to other people. Maybe it's just plutonically, like I want to walk out of the, I want to walk into the office and feel confident about the way I look. Or maybe it's, you know, I want to dress a certain way so I can attract a guy. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be some sort of response that you get from a guy, depending on how you dress. There is. So, wow. Um, right. So I think to your comment, to the to the girl you obviously have to know it would be helpful to know someone and have some sort of a relationship to know how far you can take a comment or not um, because sometimes people have cancer sometimes people have other things going on that they have to have um, a breast augmentation and it's not simply cosmetic sometimes it is cosmetic but there's the thing too is that the women we we feel less than if our body is a certain way because we don't get as much attention as what somebody else might get. And then it makes us feel less of a person. And that's the part that I have a real issue with. I know a lot of women have a real issue with because we are, every time we turn on the television, there's perfect news anchors, there's perfect um, women. The magazines are all full of perfect women. Um, We can't get away from it. And so there's this perception that that's the standard. I'm really glad that they're coming out with plus size models, with um, disabled models, with, um, you know, all different types of, I forget, I don't know if it's, I forget the soap um, commercial that coming out with people have skin things going on because we're so fixated on the physical beauty and we're so fixated on measuring people by their physical beauty that it causes women to feel like if I don't have a certain size chest and I even went through that um, there was a time in my life I'm like oh I'm getting old and droopy and maybe I should do that I didn't my husband was like don't even think about it I like you just the way that you are but yeah there was a time when I thought about it and again I was very insecure at that time Um, so there's this pressure of women to um, look physically good and when we compliment each other we often compliment each other on our physicality as opposed to Hey, you did a great, you know, job on that project or hey, um, 
you know, you're you're smart or, you know, whatever. We have a tendency not to that's just a given. Right. We just a given that you um, that you do your job. But I'm going to compliment you on your hair, your makeup, your clothes, your shoes, your, you know, whatever. And so it can feel sometimes like we are um, walking enticements, you know, sometimes and not for much else. It can feel that way sometimes. And so then on your other comment, like sometimes like there are people who just get up and take a shower and put on clothes and makeup and they look, you know, phenomenal and they're not even really trying. And then there's other people that like go, you know, to extra lengths to kind of get into that measuring up. So there's all kinds of reasons, but, um, and then there's women that I've run across that flat out refuse to wear makeup or have any kind of hair because they do not want to be judged by it. So they walk around, you know, very plain. Um, it's complicated. Yeah. I'm the type of person that wakes up and just naturally looks good. I don't need the makeup and all that. Um, okay. Here's a, well, I hate you. Here, here's another thing. Okay. Now you've done some work with, uh, strippers in the um in yes. the strip clubs and stuff you know uh, reaching out to them i wasn't a stripper no 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 so no, I, no. I, yes yeah no you, you weren't a stripper but you've been in strip clubs yes many helping yes or at least trying to reach out to the women that do perform yes okay now i've never really frequented it because i always thought it was a waste of money mm-hmm. personally but i'm not opposed to if people want to do that mm-hmm. but i've heard that a lot of strippers will get their breasts done because the larger the boobs, the bigger the tips. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the more work they get and so on and so forth. So with you having been in that environment and kind of talked to the women, probably at the level uh, that you have that guys can't, um, how's that experience? Like what, what, what are those women kind of going through? I mean, are they, are they happy that they've done that? Is that something that they're kind of peer pressured into because that's the job they're doing? I mean, is that the, the gratification or the satisfaction that they're looking for? In that, because obviously they're doing it yeah. for the purpose of attracting the male attention mm. to get the more money. Yeah, I um, the whole thing is actually uh, really sad. The women that work there are a lot of them that that we so we went into the let me back up. So we go into the strip clubs, we go into the dressing room where the girls are, and they are um, preparing for their evening, or they're coming back and forth between their particular set. And we bring them goodie bags. We bring them, um, you know, candies and and gifts, you know, um, grooming gifts or whatever. And the purpose of that was to go in and have a conversation with them so that we could come alongside them in real life and offer them um, help, you know, in any way that we could support and whatever. So Treasures actually um, is a really great uh, group in the Valley that does that. And so the women that we encountered it wasn't really the the breast augmentation was kind of like a um, an afterthought or a non issue. That it's a very sad environment. A lot of them were on drugs. A lot of them were high when we would go in there or drunk um, just to get through the night. A lot of them are stuck there. Um, we heard stories that people would are putting themselves through school. I'm only here long enough to pay for my tuition and then I'm going to stop. But then they ended up getting sucked in or they get recruited by filmmakers and then they go on to um, make pornography and then their life just goes down and down and down and down and down. It's a, it's a, it's a myth that the women want to be there. They, they may start out by thinking this is a good idea, but they quickly learn that it's not. Um, 
so yeah, there are things that women do while they're there to get bigger tips. Some of them um, take dancing lessons. Some of them get their breasts done. Some of them, some of them, um, you know, get their hair done and they do different things or whatever to try and, you know, get the more tips, but it's a very sad environment. I've also been to the porn convention in Las Vegas twice and, uh, working a booth there. And, um, the, it was crazy because it was like this big pink backdrop and it said, Jesus loves porn stars. And people would be like, Oh, you mean Jesus loves, um, pornography be like, no, but he loves the people. He loves everybody. And so we, we were very low key and talking to people. We had some great conversations with people. We were not telling them to stop. We were not telling them, you know, trying to shut the place down. We were very respectful of where we were, but a lot of, especially at the porn convention, it was just a, um, people are allowed to walk around pretty much, not completely in Vegas, but pretty much close to naked as you can be walking all over the place. And so, yeah, there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of, um, things that they would do to attract attention to themselves. But these are people that are, um, again, caught into a world that they may not want to be there. And it's a lot of being validated for their body as opposed to who they are as a person. And so um, a lot of, there were so many girls that we talked to that wanted to get out and they couldn't because they were just completely stuck. But that's, you know, you bring up an interesting thing about the porn industry because when men will see um, pornographic pictures and then want their spouses or their girlfriends to look like that or to wear that kind of an outfit or to perform that way. And, um, you know, my, my first, you know, boyfriend in college was that way. They, they did thought nothing of watching, you know, pornography. And it was so, um, humiliating because we just can't live up to that standard. And it's not about, you know, sex is about, is supposed to be this beautiful thing and it's a very intimate thing. And, um, we bring, in the best case scenario, we bring our personality and we bring who we are. And um, when we're so focused on the clothes that we're wearing and the lighting and the the positions and all this kind of stuff, it's not, it's no longer about each other's heart. It's no longer about um, being, you know, together as a couple. It's more about, it's more about behavior. It's more about performance. It's more about looks and you're completely missing the point. And then you, come away feeling you know very empty so um but then again you know like you like so if we go back you know out of the bedroom and back into the bar you know the way that we're dressing um there is that you know I want to dress up and look cute and I want to look nice but then if I do that then I might be accused of you know, flaunting it, or I might get attention that I don't want, but then I don't want to have to walk around in a sackcloth. And then, so there's just all this, you know, the gunny sack dress, right? You don't want to wear that. No. So once, one time I was sitting in a bar in Nebraska and, um, minding my own business and the gal sat down next to me. And so I'm just minding my business because I'm waiting for some people to show up and she starts talking to me. So I'll engage in conversation with pretty much anybody because I'm fascinated by people. And so uh, we're just talking, talking this, that, whatever. And so my friends came and we're going to get a booth in the bar. And so she wanted to know if she could come along. I'm like, sure, why not? You know, I don't know. I don't know you. I still don't even know who the person was. It was the only time I met her. But uh, she comes with us and kind of hangs out with the night with us. And then we end up at somebody's house playing games and stuff. And she just kind of tagged along. And I have no idea who this person was. So at the end of the night... 
it was time to go and she wanted to, you know, go on to the next thing. And I really wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling it. I'm like, you know, I'm going home. I've got to work the next day, you know, and I was working like, I had to be up at 3 a.m. to, cause my shift, you know, I was doing morning radio and so I had to get there early. And so I was like, whatever. But I asked the question. I don't know why I asked the question, but I said, hey, so assuming you want to take this further, maybe into the bedroom, whatever, at what point did you become interested? And she looked at me square in the eye and said, the moment I sat down. <laughs> that was her agenda. And so I'm thinking, wow. I, I, I don't even know her. She was right. stranger. Right. Had no. So she had it, an agenda to pick I, you I, up. I guess. But the, the point <laughs> isn't that I was getting picked up, even though I fed my ego huge. But is that... The intention sometimes when you're getting ready, you're going to go out, you look for somebody, and then your intention is to go after that person. Is that something that's in the mind of women as they're getting ready to go out? Is is a guy a mark? And because after that, there was you know, never saw the person again. Maybe well, maybe if I that's the attention of a lot of guys, right? The agenda of a lot of guys to go out and find somebody. Well, and, sure, it's attention of everybody. I would imagine, right? But, so but it see, it's more expected. To, it's 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 more. I guess it's more expected from guys, right? To want to have, if you call the one night stand or you know a booty call or hook up, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, guys are just more visually that way and they're fine with it. Well, mm-hmm. women are more a little bit more emotionally attached. Um, but that I guess that's not the a, same. It's a myth to think that, that men are. What? Not emotionally attached. I think we give a part of ourselves every single time. Now, do not our women's emotions different than men? Yes. And do we experience things differently? Yes. Um, but there are, yeah, there are women that, that have that agenda. I'm going to go out and find somebody and I'm going to go hook up tonight. Um, I think that's a very lonely way to go, honestly. But because, I, because look, every decision that we make we're leaving a part of ourselves everywhere we go and we and we talk about um, decision making in the other show if we want to be a person of discipline if we want to be a person of of character that we're going to make decisions that are going to take us far in life then it's those immediate pleasures that we have to pull back on sometimes and you know whether it's you know how much we drink or how much we smoke or or you know having sex you know with one night stands it all erodes our soul. It all feeds into our character. It all gives us a sense of of um, numbness in a certain way, and we're we're callous to it. So then, when you do come to a relationship that is serious, there's there's a um, a part of you that's missing. There's a part of you that you've given away to one or two or ten or twenty other people that you're never going to get back, and your spouse is never going to experience that part of you. So we just, you know, people need to decide um, what type of a quality of relationship they want to have when they get married. And if they want to have that tight quality relationship, you know, discipline is certainly a part of it. Discipline with eating, discipline with drinking, discipline, you know, any type of pleasure um, is going to affect our, you know, our how we handle those pleasures in life. Um, is going to affect our future relationships and our future thought processes and our character and our decisions and all of that kind of stuff. So then getting back to the dress idea, what would you say to the, you know, the, maybe the, the middle school, the younger ones that are really kind of impressionable that are, you know, you talked about looking at, you know, the Kardashians and these people, the magazines and the perfection that they're chasing. Mm Mm-hmm. What would you say to them that are sitting there and trying to chase that perfection? And maybe they're, they're dressed in a certain way that maybe they're not comfortable with, but they feel like they have to do it. Maybe they're peer pressured into it because their friends are doing it and things like that. How would you approach someone that's an impressionable young woman like that? 
in that type of environment when she's trying to chase that perfection that she sees everywhere and feels like she has to dress a certain way or be a certain you way know, to I attain would, that. Yeah, I hope that she would have some strong women around her to kind of show her that that's not where it's at, that when we focus on on the perfection of the physical as a way of being accepted and validated, we're going to miss the mark every single time. And, it, and at some point in our life, it's going to get to, it's going to break down and not work anymore because we get older, we age, we get wrinkles, we get, um, you know, our boobs fall down to our waist. And so it's just not going to work anymore. It's not something that we can count on. It's hard because it's everywhere that we look is this beauty and we want to be accepted too. We want to be looked at too, but that is not a healthy way. It's not a healthy focus to go through life because at some point when we are in a relationship, we want we want to be a person that is going to um, be taken care of and take care of the other person. And, and so we've got to really develop our character and get our, our mindset on the fact that um, life can be a beautiful thing. But when we're so focused on the physical, um, it, it just takes us down to this endless cycle of, of beauty products and surgeries and clothes. And, and we just never feel like we're enough ever. And, and we, we just never feel like we're enough or we never feel like we hit the mark. So there has to be, you know, beauty products can be fun and, and we can, clothes are fun. I love clothes. I love vintage clothes. I love shoes. I've got like 80 pairs of shoes or something because I just love shoes. But it's not my, um, it's not where I get my identity. It's not where I get my validation. It's not where I get my um, satisfaction is just an accessory, something that's fun. But when we start putting our focus on that, we are going to lose, 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 lose. Because then if somebody, if we see a guy and it's like, okay, I really, that guy's really hot and I want him to look at me and he brushes us off. It's like, okay, what didn't I do? What, where did I miss the mark? Well, you're missing the mark and putting all of your focus in the way that you look, you know, first of all, because when, you're in that relationship and somebody loses their job or gets cancer. It's not your looks. that's going to get you through that relationship. It's your character. And it's the way that you are able to um, put yourself aside and help out that other person. And looks have nothing to do with that. So it's, it's hard. You know, we put such a focus on, on beauty and society that um, we give people who are beautiful, more credit than other people, which is sad, but it's, um, that that is not what takes you you know beauty is not how you problem solve beauty is not how you um how you are a good leader and a good boss and how you relate to your coworkers and your neighbors and your family um there's so much more um in depth that we need to have in us and so it's just i don't yeah so it's i i got to the point actually because i was getting so caught up in that i don't look at the magazines i don't buy the magazines i don't i just i just kind of turn all that off as much as possible so i don't get sucked into it anymore as a friend of mine wrote a book talking about self-worth and she self-published it kind of like some of the things that you've done and i remember reading the story or the stories in there where she was trying to find her self-worth in a lot of things outside of herself, mm-hmm. appearances, relationships, job, accomplishments, things like that. And as you read it, you started to get an idea that it wasn't until she got to the point where she realized that the only person that can give her the self-worth that she wanted was herself. Mm -hmm. She could only find her self-worth truly in herself because all the other ones were just kind of fleeting. You know, the boyfriends would come and go. The job might come and go. uh, The successes might come and go. And if she was valuing herself on those kind of uh, tangible things, 
she would rise with the high, but then she'd go low with the lows mm-hmm. and fall into those depression and things like that. And then the abusive relationships and, and those type of things too. But it was interesting then talking to her after the fact, because she wrote the book, I read it, and then I talked with her. And she was telling me about kind of the, the, uh, the mind change that she had to have. And she had to start realizing that herself, looking at herself through her own eyes, her own lenses, was the only way to kind of really get that self-worth out there. So as you, you know, you've kind of gone through the gamut, just kind of listening to some of the things you've been saying from the earlier days up until now, mm-hmm. what has, how has your self-worth or how you value your self-worth changed over the years? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question because my, my self-worth was just pretty much in the tank for many, many years. And a lot of those bad decisions came out of that, trying to satisfy that self-worth. So, um, you know, I, I have always, um, uh, gone to church and I've always been a been a believer, but I've never really entrenched myself in what God says about me. And so when I, for me, when I finally allowed God to say, you know, you are worthy because I created you and you are beautiful and I created you, you know, flaws and all exactly um, this way. Um, when I finally accepted that and, and, and I can look in the mirror and not see every single flaw in my body and every single flaw in my face, um, and, and I let him tell me that I'm valuable and I'm worthy and I'm beautiful because, because he created me exactly this way. That's when I started to let go of, um, this horizontal need for acceptance and this horizontal need, um, to, to be validated by other people. Now people can say things, they can look, they cannot look. It doesn't matter one way or the other to me because I know who I am in Christ and so for me, that has been the key because I can't, you know, self-help is kind of an oxymoron because if I got myself into the trouble, I'm probably not going to get myself out of the trouble. And if, you know, I can't validate myself and give myself self-worth because I didn't choose to be here on planet Earth. I just popped into existence. Um, and so I have no idea why I was created or what my purpose is. You know, I can't give that to myself. I can only get it from, you know, the God who created me. So um, I've learned to let go of what I think of myself and, and accept what he says of me. And that has helped me tremendously. Um, I know I no longer um, I'm not going to lie. I, I obviously I mean, I'm sitting here in makeup, so I'm obviously not um, forgetting, you know, letting go of everything. But I don't stress about it. It's not my idol anymore. I don't get dressed in order to turn people towards me or away from me. I don't use it as a defense mechanism anymore. I don't use it as a mask anymore. Um, so that has really helped me a lot. And that allows me like, now I'm married, but if I were single, that allows me to, to go into, you know, a, a bar or to a situation dressed the way, you know, presentable and cute and whatever the way that I want to, and not have to worry about, do people like me or do they don't based on the way that I'm dressed and should I show more cleavage and should I not? That's not, I don't, I've been through way too many things in my life to want to be with someone who is so attracted to my physical, that that's the only thing that's holding us together. Um, there's gotta be a lot more substance there behind it. And, but it's hard to let go of that. Honestly, it's really hard to, because like I said, every time we walk into a room, we're judging each other. I still do. I still look at like, okay, you should not be wearing that outfit. Or there's other women, I'm like, oops, she made the mark. Let me see if I can take a sneak a picture so I can memorize it and go get that outfit. Like, it, we just do that. 
It's sad, but yeah. we do it. And and sometimes I'm staring like, okay, tan shoes, brown pants, da, 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 and I'm like totally memorizing their outfit so I can go get it because I'm like, that looks so good. But it's a fun thing for me now as opposed to like, if I don't look like that, then I'm out of the, I'm getting voted off the island. It's not an obsession. No. See, I find that fascinating because I wake up in the morning and I don't care what anybody says. I'm just going to get dressed, wear what I want that's comfortable, wear what I want. And my standards, whatever I've done, and mainly work-related, but whatever I've done, my standards have always been higher and my expectations of me have always been higher than that of the job or that of my employers or things like that. So I've never really cared because one, I can't control what people say. Mm -hmm. And two, frankly, I don't care what they say because I'm confident enough in myself. Now I might be unique enough to be in that perspective, to have that perspective and be confident enough, but I don't care what people think. They can talk all they want, don't care. But one of the things I wanted to ask you about, because I find it fascinating, because you're not the first person in the last few weeks that have said this. You talked about looking in the mirror and seeing flaws. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was in a classroom one time, and I was talking to a student, and uh, I was trying to promote the radio sh uh, program here on campus, and she was wanting to be a singer. So I was asking her about her experience. And then she started talking about how she doesn't like to get up and sing in front of people because of the way she looks. Now, I think she's like 18, 19, just a young kid, and uh, you know, a cute young gal. And I was asking, well, what's, what's wrong with your looks? I don't, I don't understand, because like I said, I didn't really notice anything. And she started going into detail about the space between her nose and her upper lip, and how it's like too big. And then how like this eyebrow doesn't really align with this eyebrow, and this cheekbone is a little different than this cheekbone. And, she, and I'm like, dude, you are really micromanaging or microanalyzing the way you look. If you just step back and look at yourself, you would see that maybe the people on the outside looking at you don't see that, even though you see that yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then mm -hmm. I asked, I had the conversation with her teacher, kind of told her about it, you know, because mm -hmm. maybe whatever. And she said the same thing. She's like, yeah, all women look in the mirror and they mm -hmm. see their flaws. Mm -hmm. And then she said, that's why she doesn't look in the mirror. Mm -hmm. And so I've had about three or four and now you. So why? I mean, because I look in the mirror and I don't really care. I mean, I'm, I'm looking to see, you know, did I shave straight? Do I, you know... Whatever, you know, I don't really care. But I guess that is a big thing is your own perspective of how you look mm -hmm. and how do you overcome that if you have a negative uh, feelings about the way you look? Because mm -hmm. I could not, I, I was trying to tell this girl, hey, you're a cute gal. I don't mm -hmm. see anything wrong with you. But she was adamant that she had issues. Mm -hmm. And so I just, you know, let it go. How would you, over, how would you, how do you overcome that? So again, it doesn't sound like she had a lot going on on the inside to carry the outside because every single human body is flawed. So we, we have to be confident on the inside. And, and when we are confident on the inside, when we do for me, when I get my, my worth and my value, you know, from God, then I don't have to worry. I don't worry so much about that. But here's the thing is that every time, like I said, every time we turn on the TV or especially in magazine covers, you know, especially now with Photoshop and all of that, if somebody doesn't look right in a picture, they touch it up and they Photoshop and they fix it. And so we are looking at fixed photographs of people um, who are absolutely perfect. And then we look in the mirror at ourselves and we're like, okay, we're not perfect. And so... Um, I know the last time that we recorded, the first thing out of my, I remember the first thing I said was, oh, my eye, right? Because my um, right eye is smaller than my left. Sometimes it's not that noticeable depending on how I do my eyeshadow. And sometimes it's really noticeable. And that particular day, it was like, whoa, man, it's like, Root. so, you know, it's, it's hard. So you want to hear my list of flaws? Look, I have a bald spot underneath here. 
that was there from birth. My eyes are two different sizes. One ear sticks out, one ear lays flat. My legs are longer um, than the other. One boob's like a big a B and one boob's a C. My, I'm like, I have a kidney in the front, and so I will never, ever, ever have a flat stomach because one of my kidneys is in the front instead of in the back. I have all of these like weird things, you know, about my body, but I learned to to look in the mirror and just to say, okay, I'm beautiful. Am I perfect? No. Do I, am I, you know, up to the standards of, of what society says is, you know, perfection? No. But I learned to accept the way that I was because I wasn't getting that self-worth from myself. I was getting it from God. And and I kid you not, there there are women who I have looked at and been like, oh my gosh, but they are the most lovable, joyful, beautiful women because they accept who they are and they're not anywhere near the standard of, of what, you know, we have uh, beauty in society, but, but they're so magnetic and people are so drawn to them because they are confident in who they on their, on their inside. And those to me, the women are the greatest women on the planet is like, it doesn't matter what they look like if they're just exuding, you know, this confidence from the inside. And so that is the journey that we are all on. Unfortunately, as women that, um, we have to overcome this. We have to deal with this issue of beauty because that's what society gives us. It, it's in our face constantly. Every Everywhere we turn, it's just these perfect um, women. And so it's hard to um, look at that and then not judge yourself. And, and, and I will confess, I'm not, because I'm not perfect at this, I will confess that sometimes when I'm looking at people on my phone, I will zoom in. And I'm like, okay, are both of their eyes the same size? Because I, because it bugs me that, why do I do that? It's stupid. It's stupid. Like that's just a, you know, who cares if they're two different sizes, but because we're so bombarded and be, and it's a daily thing for me that I have to accept. I'm like, it's okay. But what my flaws are, it doesn't matter because that's, I shouldn't be judging myself or judging other people based. And they're not even flaws. They're beauty marks. So why am I, you know, why are we so down on that? But it's just because it's so in our face all the time. And there's surgeries that say, oh, we can fix that. There's makeup. Oh, we can fix that. You don't have to walk around looking like you look. We can fix it. So why? So you know what I'm saying? So it's like we can't, we can't get away from it. So it's a battle. It is a very big battle. And so then if we are insecure, you know, the skirt's shorter, the the top is lower, the, you know, sometimes sometimes that's how we it's an easy way to get validation to to put on a nice outfit and to know that you look cute and 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 be like okay so as we wrap things up it, it's almost like things we've talked about in the past when we talked about what is the measure of your success who's defining your success is mm-hmm. it you or is it somebody else mm-hmm. when you're talking about decision making you know what are the influences that are people putting on you for that decision and I guess it'd be the same maybe with the self-worth is who is defining your self-worth is it society is it somebody else or is it you and I guess that's the the question that you probably just each person has to answer for themselves is where are you getting your self-worth what are you doing what is your uh, reason for those, you know, thoughts and things that are going through? And ultimately, you're going to have to decide for yourself. And but I'll give you looking, the last word on it. Yeah, if we're looking horizontal for that self worth, it is going to go sideways every single time. Because, and thank God, my husband it tells me because I feel, you know, we all 
we're, we all have the same body for years and years and years and years and years. So of course you're going to zero in on your flaws. Thank God he is, he's always told me, I like you just the way that you are and you're beautiful just the way that you are. And I love, you know, you're the way that you look. And so, um, men, that's the greatest gift that you can give to your women because the women are going to, we need to know from our men, am I acceptable and am I measuring up? And we don't want to know that just in the bedroom. We don't want to be the greatest thing since, since sliced bread and in bed. And then in the kitchen, you know, the next day, you know, all of our flaws are hanging out. Um, you know, during the daytime is when we need to hear that we're beautiful. And during the daytime is when we need to know that it's okay to be um, less than perfect and not measure up. And um, that gives us a lot of confidence and a lot of um, self-esteem as well. But anytime that we beyond, you know, our our person anytime that we're trying to get that validation horizontally it's always going to go wrong because everybody has a different opinion and um it just kind of goes back to um to our decision you know making process it's like are we going to decide to be people of substance or are we going to decide to to um go for that superficial success and um it's it's a hard beauty. It's a, it's a hard road to navigate, but, um, that internal substance and that internal character. Um, and for me, that vertical, um, worthiness and acceptance, you know, from my relationship with God has made all the difference. And now I can put on an outfit and be like, Ooh, this is so fun. And I'm not going to lie. I'm like, yeah, okay. I got some looks that made me feel good. Sometimes I get honked out when I'm running. I'm not going to lie, but it's not yep. it's not my idol anymore the way that it used to be but it still feels good it still feels yes. good <laughs> well this is two steps ahead highlighting the shit we've stepped in so you don't have to you can follow us on instagram at two steps ahead also my personal instagram is at edem rocks e-i-d-e-m-r-o-c-k-s and tara hoke shiro t-a-r-a-h-o-k-e-s-c-h-i-r-o thanks for listening and we will see you next time bye guys thanks